The following podcast contains bad language. Not bad at language, like Trump's lawyers. Bad language, like naughty words. Cover your ears, I guess. Hello and welcome to episode 317 of the Thinking LSAT podcast. Today on the show, we had uh, an update from LSAC about testing dates and deadline windows and all that type of stuff. A uh, big email that came out from them this week. Yeah. We have a Pearls versus Turds from S. I think it's actually a very valuable tip about uh, logical reasoning specifically, but I think you could probably apply it to reading comp um, as well, maybe even logic games. Uh, basically about... Also a great story in there about hitting 180. Yeah, right. Somebody who listened to our advice and is having very good things happen. Uh, so we appreciate that. Then we also uh, dove into a whole bunch of personal statements. We tried to stick to a limit of seven minutes a piece so we can get through as many as we can. Uh, it was pretty cringy today, I gotta say. I, I did not find a lot of uh, a lot to be enthusiastic about on today's personal statements, but we will try again next week. This show will air uh, Monday, September 27th of 2021. That means you have, if you're listening to this on release day, um, you have two days to register for the November LSAT. The deadline there is on September 29th. Um, That's the relevant date right now. Come to my study group, please. Uh, If you're taking the October 2021 LSAT or you want to hang out with me and a bunch of people who are taking the October 2021 LSAT. I have a free class on Zoom every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, and all you need is a free LSAT Demon account. So lsatdemon.com, sign up for a free account, and you can go ahead and register for uh, that free class that I teach every Thursday. All right, let's dive into the show. All right, Ben, we have an email here forwarded to us from one of our students. Uh, This is a new email from LSAC. Anything in this email jump out at you or should we just go ahead and kind of read through it or what do you think? Um, yeah, the only thing that stuck out to me was, oh, they're still doing this like test over several days. I guess, uh, I guess that's the nature of doing a online test, but I, I don't really understand the need. Oh, you, you want them to do it all at one, all in one day? Not necessarily one day. I just don't know why they're still talking about it like in terms of weeks. You know, the week starting January 15th. And it's like, yeah, it needs to be over yeah. a week. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And they, they also like, they, they never announce more than they feel like they have to, right? So they have specific dates for the October test and the November <laughs> test. Yeah. But for January yep. and for February, it's just, yeah, it's all vague. The email starts, I, I like their tone, um, you know, dear student, <laughs> to help candidates yep. plan, comma, we are today announcing score release dates for the remaining LSAT administrations for the 2021-2022 testing cycle (laughs) hey i guess that that defines the that's so we are to presume now that the limitation resets after the june test yeah right what we have here is a table it's got seven testing dates by the way you know Mm -hmm. everybody needs to give lsac a little bit of props for expanding at least the number of offerings throughout the year Used to sure. be four for yeah. a long ass time. It was four in-person tests, right? And now we're looking at, I mean, there's seven more this cycle. Um, yeah. 
So we have dates in October, November of 2021. We have January, February, March, and April of 2022. <laughs> it's so odd that like <laughs> the bulk of the tests are stacked together at the end well, of the cycle. It they're they are fully in favor of people taking the LSAT late and applying that same cycle. Yep. You know, they like they're complicit in the broader law school scam. Yeah. Game. yeah. <laughs> I, well, they are they are owned by the right, law schools, right? right. So, so they're they're yeah. they're part of that whole deal. Um, yeah. We here at Thinking LSAT strongly encourage you to apply in September for that year's uh, and for sorry for next year's admission. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why we do that, and we're going to get to it today, and I'm very excited about it. We have already seen, it's like the daffodils blooming in the spring, except it's the scholarship offers that bloom in the fall, mm. because we've already started to get uh, people forwarding in their scholarship offers. Yeah. That's for next year. That's for 2022. We have multiple full ride offers. By the way, this is, as we record this, this is September 21st, mm-hmm. and they came in during the week, so it was before September 20th. Yeah, we had multiple people forwarding us emails. You know these ecstatic emails. I already, I've got my full. I got a full. I can't believe it. <laughs> I can't wait to see what other offers come in. But I've got my yeah. first full ride offer, and that happened in September for the following September. Yeah. So it's a little bit vindicating, right? Because people are always arguing with us about like, what? I don't want to apply that early. No, the school says that their priority admission deadline is March 31st or whatever, like totally <laughs> bullshit. You know, like, yeah. but the people who actually listen to us, the people who follow our advice end up going to law school for free. Mm-hmm. And frequently those offers are coming in in September for the next September. Yep. And, you know, we'll we'll get into the emails later, but... If you didn't apply in September, but you're trying to start law school in 2022, you're already behind these people who did follow our advice and did apply in September, and they already have their offers in hand. They already have their offers, and they're not just picking the one school that gave them a free ride. (laughs) They have a free ride, and now they're waiting to see what other schools will offer. And if you apply later, you might get into decent schools, and you might get scholarship offers. But you'll never really know how good the offers could have been if you don't do it the way we repeatedly advocate on the show. Yeah. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll get into those. But So this email from, from LSAC, um, is there anything, what, what do we see here that's interesting? I mean, okay, so all those tests stacked up at the beginning of 2022. That's multiple mm-hmm. bites at the apple if you're retaking the test and you've already applied or if you are, you know, getting a head start on next cycle, which is, that's really what we should be talking about. In, yep. in September, we should really be talking about, okay, you have one year until you want to send in your applications. Um, well, you know, because this podcast is going to come out on very late September. So if, if, you're, yeah. if you're still, if you're applying in September, we're, you're still okay. But, you know, if you listen to this podcast two weeks after its release date, I think Ben and I would firmly agree that you should just be thinking about waiting another cycle, get the very best LSAT you can and apply at the beginning of next cycle. Things will work out very well for you if you follow that advice. Yeah. The other thing I'm seeing here is this is just more of a procedural thing, but as they have done in the past, almost all their registration deadlines, actually all of them are 
one and a half months before the actual yep. testing week. And also, I did notice this. Yep. Please note that LSAC will not refund registration fees for candidates who decide, after seeing their score for one test, that they no longer wish to take the subsequent test if the refund deadline has passed. So this is because of... <laughs> yeah, they're I, backtracking. Man, right? I would love to know if I had a crystal ball or whatever and I could like see what happened because there was like this mini uprising that happened on Reddit a couple weeks ago. Everybody yeah, emailed in and said, this isn't fair. <laughs> I took the August test and the score is going to come out after the deadline for the September test. And I just want to make sure that I, or the October test. And I want to make sure that I, I get, you should give me my money back. Yep. And they actually did. They like announced it's the only time they've ever done that as far as I know. Yeah. And they like gave all these people who complained, they gave them all a refund. But then now in this email, it's like policy. It's like now they've just added it to their boilerplate. <laughs> and it's like, we're not doing that anymore. Yeah. They didn't have a, a policy in place before they caved. Right. And then they're like, wait a sec, we're going to make it perfectly clear to you. This is the consequence uh, for signing right. up. Unfortunately, our advice stays the same. If there's, if you're taking yeah. one test, you have to sign up for the next one because yeah. Although if you're ready for this one, you can take it three times in one cycle. Right. And yep. I am noticing now that January, February, March, and April are all back to back <laughs> to back to back. Yeah. And so yeah. there, because you, you can't take all of those, right. At the, yeah. at the most, you could take yeah. three out of the four of those. And why you don't really need to because you shouldn't be any in any kind of a rush at that point in the cycle. Yeah, I should, I, we should remind, I guess, listeners, if you're new or whatever, the LSAC lets you take the test three times in one testing cycle, which apparently resets after the June 2022 test. So mm -hmm. if you haven't taken it officially at all yet, you can take it three times before, uh, including June 2022. So, you know, like if you, if you plan it out, you could think, okay, let's make June, 2022, my third. Yeah. Then you can pick two out of the three or two out of the four, I guess, two out of the five of, um, November. Well, that registration deadline is coming up though in like a day as you hear this, uh, that's the registration deadline for the November test is, uh, September 29th, but then there's a January test that you have to register for by December 3rd a February test that you have to register for by December 29th seems outrageously early. <laughs> then the March test and the April test. And so what you could do is you could take two out of the five of November, January, February, March, April mm -hmm. and take June or, or whatever. But the point you get my point, which is you don't actually have to have multiple overlapping registrations because there's so many tests between now and in June the beginning of the and year. you can't take them yeah. all anyway. Can't take them all anyway, so you could wait and see and then take the very next yeah. one. But the so sooner you get you. started, the better, right? So we, we would ad, we would advise that you fully prep before you take your first official test. Like you should be very happy with your practice test scores. Yep. Then go take the test officially for the first time. But I, I would think as you as you hear this uh, in late September of twenty twenty one, I would think that you could definitely target January of 2022 if you're just starting out. Yeah. Right. It gives you three months to prep, which is enough for many people. Shoot for that. 
And then if you have to, you could push it to February and then take three of, yeah, those tests, January through June, three out of those five. Yep. Uh, and you might be able to avoid having overlapping registrations if you did it that way. Yeah. But I think Ben would probably also, I'm making both all the arguments. Um, you can interrupt me, Ben, you know that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> After 400 episodes of the show. Um I, I, you would probably also say, well, what really matters is getting your highest score on record. And if you feel like you're ready for the January test, then you're probably also going to be ready for the February test. And so why not just register for back-to-back-to-back tests and just get it over with? Like if you end up donating $200 to the LSAC, like let's say your January test comes back and it kicks ass, you know, it's like 175 and you're like, okay, I'm done and you had already registered for February, that's a good problem to have at that point. So who cares about that 200 bucks? Yeah, it's exact, It's like all insurance, right? right. You, you, <laughs> you pay the money. If you never have to use your insurance, well, that's a good thing. You didn't get hurt. Yeah, my house, you didn't burn your house burned, down. <laughs> my house did not burn down in the Calder fire. Yeah. And yeah. I'm happy that it did, even though it means that I got ripped off on my insurance policy again this year. You know, yeah. I hope to get ripped off on my insurance every year for the rest of my life. Uh, yep. <laughs> that would be great if I could just make that donation. So anyway. Um, so here's the uh, order of operations, right? Yep. If you're going to go to law school, you want to get the best uh, practice test scores you can get. Sign up to take the test, get the best LSAT score you can get, and then apply in September um, and start and apply broadly. That's, that's the name of the game. Yeah. Note that they, uh, note, I, I like this part. Um, please note that we have changed the registration deadline for the March LSAT administration from January 26 to February 3, comma, to enable January test takers to see their scores before deciding whether to register for the March test. So they're pointing out the one time that they like actually made a slight, they moved the deadline by one week. It, it's five weeks ahead of the March test instead of six weeks ahead of the March test. I, I, roughly, right? <laughs> that test starts March 12th and they moved the deadline generously. Instead of it being in goddamn January, they moved it to February 3rd. <laughs> so <laughs> it's still, it's still solidly five weeks plus, but they, they did that though for you so that you could <laughs> see your score from the January test before deciding whether you want to register for March. Uh, that is not going to be the case, however, for the February. It, like if you if you're taking, you're not even close to getting your score. <laughs> the, the January and February test deadlines are in December, so you got no chance of doing that for the February test. Um, R- random writing tip here: No one ever in their life ever needs to say please note. Yeah, you could just go ahead and say it. Um, <laughs> That's if you're saying something in writing, you want whoever is reading it to note it. Yeah, um, and that's just a verbal tick. Like I'm sure I do that a million times. Uh, you know, you think you're doing it for emphasis or whatever, but all you're really doing is adding unnecessary words. Yeah, I hate this construction in their very first sentence. The the the, the opening of their email to help candidates plan, comma. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I guess that they're just, that's like protesting too much is what that is, right? Oh, yeah. It's like, we're doing this for you. We want to make sure that you recognize how much we're doing to help you. We're, yeah, (laughs) we're here to help you. Oh, really? (laughs) We're here to help you give us your money. Also, the score, score release is capitalized. That's odd. Like it's some sort of proper noun. Uh, that's Trumpian. That's I, yeah. I, I forever. I'm going to see that as Trumpian. Man, if you capitalize yeah. unnecessary, they do it twice. By the way, uh, they do it in the very next sentence. Oh yeah. So it's not an accident. Yeah. They believe no. that score release. Oh, but they don't do it in the fourth paragraph. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> All right. Well, anyway, that's an email from LSAC. All those deadlines are out. It is nice that they announce them. I mean, they should announce them out yeah. as far as possible to help people plan for this extremely important test. Sure. That's that's great. Okay. Um, so that's an update from LSAC. You want to dive into this uh, pearls versus turds? Let's do it. Yeah. This is the segment of the show where um, we take received wisdom, uh, wisdom with scare quotes around it, um, tidbits from the internet or from our listeners or from our students where they think, hey, what about this for a tip on the LSAT? And we determine whether we think it's a pearl uh, or a turd. The, it's not good out there. There's, there's been only 15 pearls in the whole history of the show, uh, along with 54 turds and 24 ties, which are basically also turds. So um, the wisdom out there is bad. But do you want to uh, read this one yeah. from S? This is from S. Oh, okay. S. Thanks for all the helpful advice. Without the demon, I probably would have made some very poor decisions regarding the law school application process. When I started with the demon in June, I had a diagnostic of 144. I planned on taking the LSAT in August and October, then applying this cycle. The demon, the demon axiom, don't take the LSAT until you're perfect on games, led me to withdraw from the August LSAT and change plans. I am now registered for my first official attempt in November with plans of applying next cycle. Since, since withdrawing in August, I've developed the ability to be perfect on games consistently. Furthermore, I've broken into the 170s on practice tests and received a practice test high of 180 this past weekend. Wow. You know, that's um, that's really nice to hear. I, I've been saying that a lot in classes lately, and it feels a little like extreme it feels a little hardcore i think Mm. but that's the world you're getting yourself into it's like it is like the lawyer world is hardcore yeah and so what i've been saying is hey if you're not yet perfect on the games it's because you haven't done all of the games and that's by the way universally true i mean I, i i suppose there are times where people finish all 400 of the logic games that we have available to us and still aren't perfect but more often than not they do become perfect through the course of that prep and so it's like you know i we work with really smart really hard-working people but we get people who are like oh yeah games is my only weakness and i'm like oh really have you been working at it yeah i've been working at it okay well how many of the games have you done oh i've probably done like 40 timed sections I probably and it's like oh okay so you've done half of the available prep and you're not perfect yet. Well, your yeah. competition is perfect because they've done all of the available prep 
Mm-hmm. And so it's Sometimes nice to see more than once. <laughs> yeah, or multiple times, right? Exactly. You know, at how much prep is enough for for this type of shit? Well, I don't know. This is like the most important this is like a, a critical step in your legal career. Yeah. And so it's just nice to see somebody like us actually listen to that and go, oh yeah, I'm not perfect on the games yet. I haven't done all the work yet. I'm allowing myself to be outworked by my competition. Okay, maybe I'll not take the official test yet. Maybe I'll just push it off a little bit and wait. And now this dude is scoring a 180. Yeah, listening to this story, I just think we tend to rise or fall to the expectations that we set for ourselves. And it's not uncommon or unusual for people to do well. Like he could have been scoring in the high 160s and been like, okay, what is that? Oh, well, that's the 95th percentile. Shit. Okay, I'm ready to take it. And it's like, but you could get perfect in the games and now you're getting perfect on the test. A practice test high of 180. I mean... Yeah. The opportunities and the money that come with that. Yeah. That's interesting. Hard to underestimate. The thing about the expectations, I mean, we have, so we have like kind of a a brand or a a mission of the LSAT is easy. Mm -hmm. Right. We, we honestly believe that's true. We see our job as showing you how easy it actually is. Yeah. We understand that it's not easy for you today, but, but like, give us a shot and we can make it easy for you. That's what we do. That's what happened with Spencer, apparently. But part of that is also having really high expectations of you, right? It's like, and not, not in terms of like 40 hours a week worth of full-time intense studying or whatever. Like that, (laughs) that's not the high expectations that I'm talking about because you have a life, you have work and school and kids and whatever, family, friends, like you've got a million things that you need to do, but I still, I'm going to have real high expectations from, for you, which Mm -hmm. is, I can help you see how easy this is as long as you do the work and the work is like, you know, 10 hours a week, one high quality hour every day, plus a little more when you can for as long as it takes. And the, the carrot at the end is, going to a great law school for free, for actual free. I would add that another huge carrot is an actual increase in your ability to read and comprehend the English language, which is an essential skill to anyone who wants to kick ass as an attorney. Yeah. If you're serious about this career, you can't go into it struggling on the LSAT. It just reflects... (laughs) A certain level of incompetence that is not not going to end well for you. For yeah, yeah, this career. So I mean, that might sound harsh, but the, I think the upside to this message is that you can understand this test intuitively, not just you know through tips and tricks. And when you do, that means you've actually progress. Last night, someone said, my brain hurts. And I was like, that's okay. That's a sign of like your neurons trying to make that connection and let's get it there. Cause once it's there, it's easy. It's easy. This is going to make yeah. sense. Yeah. And we want you to, law is really kind of a zero sum game. I mean, there's winners and losers in every matter. 
it's like for every case you win, somebody else lost. Yeah. And f- law school grades for every A you get, that's somebody else who got a B. And on the bar exam, it's, I mean, it's not like strictly curved like this, but there's, they, they purposely don't have the bar passage rate be a hundred percent. I mean, it's a guild that is keeping people out of the legal profession. And so Absolutely. it's like for I mean, every person who passes, there's somebody who fails. Be like, huh? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I guess my point of, from all of that is that we want you to be winners in this game, like a broader game. We want you to win on the LSAT. We want you to win in the law school admissions game. We want you to go for free to a great school. And that's because we want you to win in your actual legal career. It's yep. critical that you not lose in this game. Like you could choose not to play. That would be perfectly fine. If we talk you out of law school, Absolutely. that's great. That's a victory for us. Because what we really don't want you to do is to go to law school, go a quarter of a million dollars in debt, and then not have a successful legal career. And that just happens to far too many uh, poor applicants. I mean, it's just a horror story if that happens to you. Yeah. You, you could easily just get $300,000 in debt and never practice law one day in your life. <laughs> and there's also plenty of rich applicants who just can't cut it when it comes to the test. And that's fine. It Then don't play this game. If you're offended by this idea of like either kick ass here or get out, think about the Olympics. There are plenty of killer athletes who have no business in the competition that's taking place 100 yards away. Yeah, and well, we could also, like we don't even need the analogy. Yeah. What happens in law firms? You're up. Yeah, it's up or out. So even if you do manage to score one of these $180,000 a year first year associate jobs, which are hard to get, you have to kick ass in law school to get one of those jobs in the first place. But even when you do get that job, that firm is like, you're either going to kick ass here and we're going to promote you or like, and I don't even know what the ratio is, but it's a non-zero, probably pretty high (laughs) rate of associates washing out right yeah isn't it like half the people or something who do big law for a few years i don't know what it is but it's 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 not a small number (laughs) right and that's of the people who won on the lsat and won in law school yeah there's still more opportunities to lose now it could be possible that they've self-selected and they've decided to go to a job in the law that's better than big law but the point is is that some of that is not by choice (laughs) You were outed. Yeah. You were asked to leave. Yeah. And you didn't want to. Yeah. Anyway, that's a very long digression in the middle of uh, S's Pearls versus Turbs <laughs> submission. But I just want to like, you know, it's like high five, dude. Good job. You, you yeah. like this is going to end so well for you. He's decided to put it off. He you know, might have been thinking about ap- applying this cycle. But instead, he's like, no, I, I'm not yet fully prepared because and and it's a clear sign right this is a bellwether or a canary in the coal mine or whatever dumb aphorism or sorry idiom you want to use but Mm -hmm. if you're not yet perfect on the logic games it's because you either haven't gotten the right kind of help or you haven't done the work or both and what s did here was just decided yeah i'm not perfect on the games i i do have i think the right help but i haven't done the work yet and just waited just just did the work and it paid off. And next fall, 
if S applies at the beginning of the next cycle, what we're going to see is S getting crazy scholarships. Yeah. Anyway, you want to uh, continue on with the second paragraph? Yeah, so S writes, I have a technique I've used that I think may be a pearl for students who tend to jump into the questions too quickly on logical reasoning. Essentially, I pretend that the LSAT is like the news articles one reads online that blur out a majority of the article saying to subscribe to unlock the rest of the article. Okay, yeah, I've seen this. Yeah. You go and you get the first paragraph and then they're like, okay, The rest of it's right there, but it's all blurred out. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> okay, first, all that is clear to read is the passage. After I read the passage, I ask myself, do you understand what the passage just said? If the answer is no, I go back and reread. If the answer is yes, I mentally unlock the question. So set. unblur is what he means to say. Mm-hmm. Okay. You unlock, you reveal the question. After reading the question, I predict what I think the answer will be. After my prediction is set, the answer choices unlock. The technique I feel slow... Sorry, the technique can feel slow at first, but becomes fluid with practice. Hopefully this can help other students. Okay, um, I like everything that S is saying here. The only thing I would tweak is S says, do you understand what the passage just said? If the answer is no, I go back and reread. I, I don't disagree with that. Yeah, if you don't understand the passage, then you absolutely need to go back and reread. My only hope is that this awareness or this check-in happens much sooner. Yeah. For me, it can happen mid-sentence. I could be yep. reading the first sentence and be like, whoa, the, the number of sentences, the number of clauses is starting to get away from me. Yeah. And so I'm going to start, I'm going to stop, and I'm going to start saying what has been said in bite-size, super short yep. sentences that I fully get. Like one, what do I know? Uh, I know there's this guy. That's the end of that sentence. And he's not happy about what some anthropologists have said. Got it. Okay, next. And I haven't even finished the first sentence. Um, I'm taking it and I'm breaking it down into clear, concrete nuggets that I can get my mind totally wrapped around. And then if someone asks me after the passage is over, do you understand it? What did it say? I don't turn around and start saying what it said verbatim. I start saying what I saw in my head when I turned those sentences into clear bite-sized bits of information that I can digest. Yep. This, for me, this is a pearl. Um, they're few and far between here, and I'm not sure if you agree. Because what you just said is you, you want people to do this more than what S is suggesting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I don't disagree. I just don't want to give the wrong impression that this is like, read the passage right. and then check. It's like, uh, you're checking as you go. You should definitely check when you're done. If you if you don't feel good about the passage right. when you're done, you need to go so, back then but, too. Yeah, I mean, to but. be clear, what we're saying is blur out everything mentally, blur out everything except the first sentence. Yeah, and, that's really what we're and saying. And if that's yep. not mm -hmm. enough, blur out everything up to like the first comma in the first sentence. Yeah. It doesn't even necessarily have to be a particular um, punctuation mark. It's just like when you feel as if the information you're reading is starting to get hazy yep. because it's too much for you to take in. Yeah. 
that's because you've like unwittingly gone into the blur you you haven't like yes right <laughs> this goes right with s's analogy right you've started to go into the faded text right stop and go back and and get it all clear right went back in the in-person days i mean i used to we had pencil we had pencil and paper printed lsats mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i used to reach across the table and i would have my hand covering up the question and covering up the answer choices and um, I've seen people do it with like a note card as well. Oh, yeah. I remember doing that, too. Yep. I had it with a three by five card. Yep. I handed them out in class. I said, OK, just cover this up. Yep. That's so but now, weird. I, so that's why Trippy. when I saw this I email, I was immediately yeah, like, yeah. oh, man, that could be a pearl because it's updating that advice. It's like hey, it's another way of getting that same point across, which is just you have no business like you. You're not subscribed. You're not a member of the question and the answer choices you have not unlocked yeah. that yet if you haven't yet fully comprehended the passage itself or whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it the stimulus or the argument or whatever if you haven't mm -hmm. understood that passage then you have no business in the question and the answer choices but then yeah we're going to add to that if you haven't understood the first sentence of that passage you have no business reading the second sentence of that passage so if you can mentally just block that out for yourself Mm -hmm. take it one bit at a time and make sure you're really understanding. Um, 100%. Okay. So that's our 16th Pearl. Congratulations, S. Yeah. If you have a... Thank you for sending that in. If you have a Pearl versus Turd candidate, you can email help at thinkinglsat.com. You can also find us on social at thinkinglsat. I don't think Ben or I look at that at all, but um, email. <laughs> ben and I are old. Hey. Yes. I didn't ask you about this earlier, so... I guess we can cut it out if you hate it, but okay. this was a pearl from S. I invite you S to email us your address. We'll send you <laughs> yeah. a demon shirt or a demon hat or a demon hoodie, whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, one Just item from the demon store, whatever you want. Yep. I like the hoodie. I got the hoodie the other day. It's a super thin mm. zip up hoodie. It's badass. Okay. I really like it. Oh, cool. Yeah, just email... Um, Email help at thinkinglsat.com and uh, I will forward it along to the uh, proper authorities who can get that <laughs> item out Good. to you. Yeah, hat, hood. I got two, I got, I got both of the uh, beanies. One with the mm. like pom-pom on top and one without. Zeta, hey, shut up. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking after Zeta. Uh, <laughs> you ready to uh, move along into some personal statements? Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to get out my timer. I think seven minutes worked pretty well, don't you? Yeah. Uh, we uh, have more submissions than we have time to get to, but we really do appreciate every one that we get. If you would like to submit, you have to first run the gauntlet at lsat.link slash statement. That's lsat.link slash statement. It's going to ask you a series of questions, and it's going to reject you if you answer incorrectly to some of those questions. Uh, basically, it's like, have you considered our previous advice? And if you have, then we're happy to uh, look at your statement on the show. But if you haven't, then it's like, okay, go back and look at the previous advice. Hey, so have all these gone through the gauntlet? Um, yes, but note here, we're starting with John. And okay. John did answer no to one of the questions that asks, have you drilled any questions in our personal statement course? That's the one that I, on the forum, it is coming through with no's on it. Uh, that's not getting auto-rejected for some reason. Do you have any idea why that doesn't just auto-reject? Oh, yeah, because you have to have a paid oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a paid feature. to do that. All right. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, so this this which that's not that should not stop you from being able to submit to the show. We do have an awesome drilling tool, getting better every day. Um, you can mm-hmm. drill like it'll give you a sentence, and then you can analyze it, figure out whether you think that's good or has room for improvement. Um, that's via a paid LSAT demon subscription. Yep. Okay. Um, you want to read the first one from John? Sure. All right. I'm going to start John. the. T- oh wait, sorry timer seven minutes all right go okay i received a phone call from a concerned client in the middle of preparing a petition for a case i was working on (laughs) yeah i mean the obvious edit there Mm -hmm. is to cut that whole end of that whole thing like yeah you're in the middle of preparing a petition you you don't need to say for a case I was working on. You literally just said that you were working on it. So, yeah. you know, this is not the finished edit, but one edit would just be, why, how about I received a phone call from a concerned client in the middle of preparing a petition Yeah. or pe- preparing a petition for a case, but certainly not preparing a petition for a case I was working on. You're just like wasting space. That's just, you're scoring no points on that. You know, it's like minutes played. I don't know why I went to a basketball analogy, but it's like minutes that you're on the court where you're not doing anything. Yeah. Like you need to be getting a block or a steal or a rebound or an assist or scoring points. You're not even taking a shot with that. That's just like extra words that don't do anything at all. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. So this is John is already violating our cut, cut, cut and cut again, uh, commandment. Um, and it's not the longest sentence in the world, but it just shows that even the shorter sentences in our statement can be sometimes even shorter. And I was starting to take a breath. I was like, I could feel myself running out of air there. Uh, in terms of the sentence, it does start with I, and then it does have a verb, but the verb is received. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. It's more like a, a passive thing. It's just like, he getting he's getting a call. It's not like he well, needs to do anything. Yeah, that right. So the another broader point would be just cut this whole sentence because what yeah. you received a phone call. That's what I'm learning about you. You received a phone oh, call. Oh, let's accept you at our school. Well, like <laughs> because we need to go back to that one blog post that I wrote with the with the phone mm-hmm. ringing in the middle of it. Right. What if I, yeah. as an admissions person, what if I received a phone call right now? Like you tell me that you've received a phone call. Okay. What if my phone rings while I'm reading your personal statement? Yeah. I mean, like I've, what I've, what have I learned about you that you received a phone call? (laughs) It's not, you're not scoring any points with that. And you need to be scoring points in the first sentence. Yep. He continues the potential client on the other end of the line. (laughs) Again, it's, you don't need these words, John. You're like over describing like, Of course, this client is on the other end of the line. The potential client on the other end of the line told me that he had a foreclosure sale scheduled for 10 a.m. the following morning and that he and his family had no money or place to go. Okay, so far you've told me about you getting a call and to somebody else. So very not a lot of very wordy as well. Sorry for stepping on you, Ben. But I mean, 10 a.m. the following morning. (laughs) like yeah a.m is in the morning most normally a.m is in the morning so 
you know, like that's just, it's just an example. It's a clear example, John, of how like you got to cut like half of these words. Yeah. Yeah. After calming him down, I asked him a few questions and scheduled an appointment for him to come to the office. Cut this entire paragraph. I hate this. Yep. This isn't, t- you're, you're just not starting the, your story at the right spot. You haven't done shit. Yep. You took a phone call mm-hmm. and you scheduled a meeting. What? Yep. Second paragraph. Following his meeting with our attorney, following his meeting with our attorney. Okay, so the client's meeting with your <laughs> That is attorney. a strange use of possessives there, right? Like his yeah. meeting with our attorney. Wait, why isn't it your meeting? It's the firm's meeting. Wait. It's your attorney. It's the attorney's Wait. meeting just as much as if it's the client's. If you're going to claim ownership meeting. of your attorney. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know why the meeting belongs to him and then the attorney belongs to the firm. I don't know, it's just very strange. But okay. Yeah. I prepared our new client's, and now it's your client, I prepared our new client's bankruptcy petition. I sifted through his intake questionnaire among his other financial records that were supplied to it. These sentences are not good. They are not good. uh, you, You sifted through his intake questionnaire among? Like, actually, I think that among is now referring to you. Among his other financial records that were supplied yeah, that to us. that were supplied to us. It's just a very strange, very strange construction, John. I Did you read this out loud? Like, the, I don't know. I can't really describe it. But the cadence of that is just real bad. It's just not... Well, it's, it's over-describing, right? It's like, if you had just said... <laughs> I don't know why you're telling us that you're sifting, but if you sifted through his intake questionnaire and other financial records, we would presume that they had been supplied to you, uh, that you didn't go out and take them. Yeah. But by the way, anyways, yeah. Poor writing aside, okay, or just like could be better. You know, I I'm not seeing any blue squiggles here, so I guess most of this might be technically correct. Although Ben, you do point out that that among is probably wrong. But um, topic-wise, like he's not delivering the message very well. Yeah. But let's think about, at this point, what we have learned is this dude is like a paralegal or some sort of a assistant or clerk or something in bankruptcy law. Yep. And still wants to go to law school. Yep. And that, to me, is like presumptively admitting, like, okay, you've been in actual law (laughs) like nobody ever people who don't know anything no one ever comes and is like oh i want to work in bankruptcy law not one person ever has said that if they haven't actually worked in bankruptcy law so this does come off then as like mature and um probably knows what he's getting himself into which i like yeah this is i agree with that 100 this is like presumptive admit but i would say unexcited Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. This this guy will probably this probably works. As opposed to shit, we need this guy, and if we don't, I'm gonna yeah. have FOMO. Yep. He continues. I took note of specific preference transfers, payments, and income discrepancies that may cause our client problems with his case. Uh, now you got verb. You got problem. May cause. May cause. That's present tense. Yeah. I think that should have been that that would have or might have or something like that, but not may because that's present tense and you're the sentence started with, I took note of, which is past tense. We're out of time and I'm kind of out of patience really with the bad grammar. John needs help. 
how do you suggest John get help? Like with that, just the writing is so clunky. How, what, how does he fix that? Try harder? I mean, <laughs> by, good... part of it is like, I'm not sure. I don't think you, you did your best with this. Yeah, you know, I mean, the fastest solution might be to get help with an editor. Um, John, you need to cut a lot more. You need to, you have the potential here, like you said, Nathan, to write a story that is going to really hit home that you are the right candidate for law school, but you're, you're burying that message uh, with all this, all these words and these grammar issues. I mean, I would use Grammarly. I would consider hiring an editor. I would also consider if you have a paid demon account drilling those sentences, at least you might start to get some ideas as to how sentences can be cut down and written more directly. Um, do you have any other ideas? Maybe use our new blog. If you do have a paid demon account, maybe use the blog to try to connect with somebody else. I imagine that you guys could meet each other like other demon users and exchange personal statements and critique each other's work. Um, but you know, like I just highlighted there, I spotted, I'm sure it's, there's many other problems here, but I spotted a, a, a place where there are, Double um, space. two spaces between just randomly between two words. There's two spaces, uh, which indicates that you just didn't do, you, you just didn't really edit this, um, as a lawyer would. You need to start editing your work as if you were already a lawyer. Um, and not just send like broken drafts around to people. And so I think that that's like a big part of it here is that I, I just don't think John's put in actually the time on the editing bit. So next one. Um, sorry, I was just, I did, I won. Okay. Um, I mean, we're out of time. That's yeah. Okay. Next. Go for it. This is from S. I'm not sure if it's the same okay. S might be. I am a public servant who provides low-income rural Americans safe, sanitary, and affordable rental housing. Public servant is real vague. It's also a little bit of overselling. It's a bit of like overselling. Just, yeah. After growing up on a small... F ugh, use periods, but don't use much else punctuation-wise. I feel like everybody over-punctuates, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like after growing up on a small family dash farm, that is just a thousand percent incorrect. Like what, wh why did you think you needed a dash there? <laughs> I don't know where that <laughs> even comes from. Yeah. But, um, after growing up on a small family farm next to an Amish community in rural upstate New York. Okay. I'm just going to stop right here. Like, yeah. what? I don't care. I don't see how this fact is relevant. Yeah. Well, the after starting that sentence with after. Mm-hmm. After growing up on a small family farm, blah, 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 comma. And then you're going to tell me a story. Like, I, so you grew up on Why do you think I care about you grew up on a family farm? I, I, I don't see. Anyway. Hey, side note here. I have all these personal statements from the last several episodes in one document. Nice. And I was searching for one. And uh, I just like find a phrase in the statement, right? And then I search for the phrase and that usually takes me right to the statement. Well, yesterday I searched for the phrase, I grew up. I was like, oh boy, 
looking for a statement and it came up six times. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh shit, that's a commandment right there. Yeah. Do not use the phrase, I grew or up. I do not care about that up. ever. Yeah. yeah. Any variant of that is out. Well, every single applicant <laughs> grew up. I mean, I hope. Like at some point, yeah. They, that, yeah, it's just. It's an example of shit that's important to you and absolutely nobody else. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I became interested. Okay, so now we have a reference to mental states. S is violating our commandment to stop talking about what's going on in your head. We don't care what you learned or what you became interested in. or We, we care what you did. But this is, I became interested in studying issues such as lack of internet infrastructure, economic inequality, and lack of affordable housing. And it's like, okay, and now you're going to go on and tell me that you actually did study that shit? Okay, well then cut the part where you became interested in studying that shit. Mm -hmm. During my time at Mount Holyoke, I designed a specialty major in rural sociology, combining economics, history, environmental sciences, and sociology courses to explore these issues. I think you could cut to explore these issues. No shit. That's why you did this. That's why you did it. In college, comma, I served as a teaching assistant. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> In college, I served as a teaching assistant first year writing seminar titled, comma. Okay. S. What? You're talking about writing and your writing is broken. In the very moment you introduced yes, it. Yes. I served as a teaching assistant first year writing seminar titled? You can't serve as that as a title. I don't even know. What? No. It, he. It's. I'm sure this is an editing fail. I, I think that S is trying hard here, but just didn't try quite hard enough. It seems probably like he wrote it one way and then wrote it and then like changed it the other way, but didn't fully fix yeah. all of the connections, yep. right? He's missing a preposition. He, yeah, right. So you either, you either, yeah, I, also I served as. There you go again. Like you see yourself as this like holy saint yeah. going around that, serving people. Yeah, that, Ben, I, I didn't catch it in the first <laughs> sentence really when he when it started with i am a public servant ben's like oh really that seems like overselling but now in the middle of the first paragraph you're serving as a teaching assistant <laughs> hey, come on dude it was a job that you had you got money you got something for it like i don't you yeah. don't need to oversell by i served as and anyway i served as is just that's like i worked as which yeah. doesn't say yeah. anything about what you actually did but anyway mm -hmm. you were apparently a ta in a first year writing seminar titled comma, quotation marks, and then capitals on the name of the seminar. Once and the future of family farms. Why do I give a fuck? Like, wh what? <laughs> Other, you know, the only, like, I read that and I go, oh, that's a dumb title for a seminar. Yeah. Once and the future of family farms. Once? <laughs> like, to me, that's an annoying title and you're... You're going out of your way to put it in the first paragraph of your personal statement. Anyway, during... And, and you're a writer. Like, I'm just like, well, yeah. no. Yeah. All y'all think you're better writers than you actually are. Um, anyway, during fall 2018 and 2019 semesters, don't care. 
Like you can omit all these dates. I don't need, I don't need years, let alone, I definitely don't need seasons or months or weeks or days I, or times, God forbid. I don't need any of that shit. Um, throughout this course, I worked with 18 students each semester and helped them acclimate to college level writing and explore the unique legal, social, and political issues of family farms and rural communities throughout the world. I'm done with this statement. Yep. Uh, you used the vomit inducing word unique. (laughs) (laughs) Back to the drawing board. S I would love to help you, but you got to go back to the drawing board with this. You need to, you need to reread all of our advice. You need to listen to previous episodes of the show. You need to read my lessons on this stuff. You need to use the drilling tool. If you have a paid demon account, this just needs it just needs a lot of work. You know, we got interrupted there, Ben. What do you know about S? S is... Actually, this is one of the problems with poor writing. The immediate idea that came to my mind was S was a writing assistant but can't write. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, seems to be... Has, is idealistically interested in housing. Honestly, you started on a much stronger foot. You talked about yourself as a public servant. Right then and there, although I didn't like the phrase public servant, I at least saw you as a professional working <sighs> in a serious job. It's my fault, Ben. It's my fault. I wrote that fucking one post. <laughs> I, can we delete that? Let's take it seriously. Let's take that yeah. off of our website and let's never refer to it again because people are not doing it right. I mean, what yeah. S did here is he's trying to do that I am... I did, I do format. And so he's like, okay, you're only going to allow me one switch back in time. Okay. I am a public servant who whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then he goes back all the way to birth or like growing up on a small family farm. And then he's going to tell his story chronologically, (sighs) but don't do that. Just stop doing that. I hate it. Let's kill that post. That's bad. Let's kill it. Okay, but here, if if he had followed the the spirit of that post, it would have been I'm a public servant who does this, or probably I am whatever uh, his actual job title is, and then last year, comma, and then start talking about something he did last year in this position. Probably. Yeah, like maybe the beginning of the second paragraph, right? Um, I began. Wor- yeah. I, it's again with the after my sophomore year of college comma i began to work at it's like okay began to work. yeah say what you did at the u.s department of agriculture like that is interesting to me but just get right into what you did the second sentence there is i continued to work about 35 hours (laughs) weekly i don't care how many hours you worked i want to know what you did at work and all you do is keep saying i worked i served i worked (laughs) okay I worked. <laughs> what did you do though? Get to the job part and fix up this writing and editing is like your people are going to judge you. They're just going to judge you. Oh my gosh, we have more here. It says the the next sentence is about the agency's mission. Yeah, we're Great. at it. What about your though. mission? And I want to say this one last okay. one because it's so common. My job was. Yeah. You're not making you the subject of your sentence, you're making your job the subject of the sentence. Tell us what you did. What okay. what the hell is this? Look at this. Look at this bad. What are we looking? Oh. Other times I have to deliver less fortunate news. 
comma. I remember one one day getting a call from a tenant who was 93, no comma. Her daughter was moving in, and unfortunately, this made her family income rise. Boo. And, and therefore, Boo. she was losing a majority of her rental assistance. Boo. <laughs> I'm booing because that's just a straight-up run-on sentence, dude. That is so crazy. You started the sentence by talking about how you were getting people acclimated to college-level writing. Come on. All right. (sighs) Next one. Sorry, S. Try again. Ready? Yep. This is Black Belt. And this, the formatting here is, this is how it was really formatted. This is not a copy-paste error. What do you think about this formatting? By the way, seven minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So this is formatted. It's, there's no like, it's hard to, the paragraphs all blend together because there's no space between them and there's no tab at the very beginning. Um, black belt. Okay. I am an international medical graduate. Why is that capitalized? You don't need caps on that. Everybody stop capitalizing things. That's so weird. They keep doing it. I know. It's Trumpian. That's a very Trumpian thing to do. It looks Trumpian. Okay. Yeah, Trumpian. I have been a medical doctor for about 10 years. I left my country due to political and socioeconomic crisis. Okay, you're missing something there. To come to Canada and find a better quality of life like every other immigrant. That kind of presumes a lot. Why do you have to throw in like every other immigrant? (laughs) Yeah, is that protesting? That's a bold claim. it, and, and it and yeah. it literally is not true. No, I mean that that's a that is a false statement. That that is not why every immigrant comes to the to Canada. Nope. But like sometimes <laughs> they do it because they like maple syrup. I mean, I, there's you don't know that every single one of them is coming to Canada for a better quality of life. Well, I guess maple syrup is a better quality of life. <laughs> 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 I'll take it back. Still, we're just not here to learn about every other immigrant. We're here to learn about you. So yeah, well, it. who cares? It's just like invite like everyone. There's got to be someone who is doing it for self, like detriment yep. for some odd reason. During my medical career, comma, you need a comma there, I volunteered at low-income communities in Venezuela promoting public health. The at there is wrong. You volunteered in. at low-income low communities? No, you volunteered in low-income communities. Mm-hmm. At, the, at this communities... What? Mm. I, saw how legal, <laughs> I saw how legal problems are... Comma. Comma. The source for health problems in most cases, comma, like, comma, having a divorce that ends with one of the parties without any means to survive, comma, no family home, comma, no job, and probably having to move to another province, comma, leading them to poverty and all the pathologies that originates from it. Wow. Just a quick word count on that. 58 words. Oh, total violation. Yeah, that is a violation. Um, Are you keeping track of the violations? Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, Yeah. Black belt, I, you know, it, black belt is an international student who immigrated to Canada. I don't know from where, but it seems after reading this first paragraph that black belt is probably English is probably not black belt's first language. Yeah, that'd be my guess. Sorry if I'm wrong. This writing and editing is terrible. Like it's just so bad. And it, it like. 
your your reader is going to just like they're going to worry immediately. They're going to they're going to read that and they're going to go, "Oh boy, this person is going to have a hard time in law school." Like law school is combat in English language. Verbal combat. Verbal combat written. Verbal combat in the English language. And um you have to clean this shit up cuz that is just not getting it done. Oh my god. Also, the and the content, I just don't understand. You're a doctor, but I feel like you're talking about how you saw how the legal problems are. That's your mental states. We don't care about your understanding of the legal challenges. Um, we presume that you know almost nothing about the legal challenges, even if you saw them somewhat. <laughs> what do you think, Ben? I, I feel like hard limit especially for for a English as a second language um, mm-hmm. applicant, hard limit of 25 words per sentence. I don't have any problem with that. I, I can't... 25 is still a lot. That's too many. Like, most of your sentences should be shorter than that. But I can't imagine why Black Belt would ever need to go over 25 words, let alone here, 58 words with, like, 10 commas. Yeah. Um, boy. Okay. Um, that last sentence of the first paragraph. Not good. In that moment, comma, I appreciated the importance of knowing law and medicine. Wow. Well, you're not, yeah, it's a mental state. So it's like what, it's about yep. what you appreciated, which nobody cares what you appreciate. They care what you do. Yep. And it's also th- this like grandiose claim that, that you know how important the law actually is when the truth is you haven't been to law school. So your reader knows vastly more about this than you do. Yeah. So it, it's like, I don't know. It, to me, it comes off as naive. Like as somebody who graduated from law school, I look at this and I go, you're a doctor. Why don't you just be a doctor? What are you trying to do? Yeah. It's your life. It's your dreams. I don't want to crush that. I, I don't, you know, I don't know you. But I, I, boy, my, if I'm sitting in an admissions office and I look at this, I'm like, what? <laughs> you, I mean, I guess as an admissions person who like really more than anything else, I just want your application and I want your money. I'm like, wow, boy, that'd be great if we could get a doctor here. That'd be awesome. Yeah. But I'd be like looking at this writing and I'd go, oh, this is a future bar failure potentially. You know, or a future like get bad grades on your exams because the writing yeah. is just so poor. Anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. Black Belt continues. I work in a healthcare environment where besides treating physical ail- ailments, I listen to my patients. And the typical comment I hear in every conversation is that something legal happened to these clients that lead, I think you meant led, that led them to have diverse kind of pathologies. All right. Um, what what do you think? The writing is awful. Uh, it's it, yeah. it just like that doesn't look like a lawyer to me. It's I, I and I, I I don't I'm not trying to be like disrespectful or insens insensitive or whatever. But like you're gonna be going to war with your words in law school and in legal practice, and these words are not good. Like they, this is just, I mean, God, can you imagine if a judge read this? 
like throw the document out potentially like just just be like i'm not reading nope, i don't got time for this yeah um all we've learned is that you're a doctor which is great i mean that's a major feather in your cap but the i don't i don't know what your point is this like I listen to my clients and something legal has happened to them. What does that even mean? Something legal happened to them. I don't know what you mean. And I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not buying this. I, God, I wish I was. I <laughs> Check out the, uh, before we move on, cause we are out of time. Check out the, check out this sentence. Ooh. Yeah. I just saw the same one while in Canada, I perfected English and French as both second languages. That's right there. It's broken even in the phrase where you're making the claim. That's broken. I yeah. perfected English and French as both second languages. Ugh. Well, they can't both be second languages. One of them would be a third language, I think. But anyway, as both? What is... Why? Why? <laughs> I perfected English and French as both Perfected. second languages. Jeez. No, uh, and then it oddly no, continues. Yeah, go ahead. The sentence is a broken sentence. I mean, it's a run-on sentence. While in Canada, I perfected English and French as both second languages, comma, I went to college in Calgary where I earned another diploma that supported me while getting ready to apply for law With school. the Trumpian which is capitalized. Capitalized. What? Oh, boy. Okay. Lastly, both my parents live in Calgary, comma, run-on sentence. This is a run-on sentence. Your sentence, you have so many run-on sentences, Black Belt. It's just really breathtaking. But lastly, both my parents live in Calgary, comma, they are physicians and lawyers. And I believe it would be beneficial for me to go to a law school close to them. What? Additionally, they are seniors with chronic medical conditions, which with chronic medical conditions. And me being the only child in the city, comma, I must live close to them for now. What is this? I'm very confused. So you're an international medical graduate and you were a doctor for 10 years. You immigrated to Canada but your parents both also live in Calgary and are physicians and lawyers. How did that happen? They were lawyers wherever you came from. And I'm, I'm extremely confused. Is one of them a physician and one of them is a lawyer or are they both physician I, I lawyers? If that's what's going on. Like, yeah, one of them is a physician and the other one's a lawyer, but even then, Okay, got to work on that writing. Um, yep. What do you think, Ben? Want to uh, wrap it up there? Yeah. Okay. Let's wrap it up. Great. Um, let's see. You you've been keeping track of the violations. You want to you want to do the violations before we uh, wrap it yeah, up? Yeah. Let's do okay. it. Yeah. Let's do it. So number one was cut, cut, cut. That was John's personal statement. He had way too many uh, extra words. Okay. Um, Today, we also saw people talking about growing up. We've seen that a lot before. So avoid talking about growing up and any of its variants. Yep. Mental states, we saw interested in. I'm interested in something. I appreciated something. We don't care about that. 
vague verbs. So we're always telling people to say I and then a verb. Um, and people are starting to do that, which is nice, but they're still tempted to use words like worked or began to work or continued to work or served as. We saw all of those today. Uh, they're vague. Okay, anyone can claim that they worked, but what did you actually do? Um, don't talk about writing, <laughs> just period. Uh, someone talked about their writing experience or being a teacher's assistant for a writing seminar. And then this last person, Black Belt, right, talked about perfecting English. Don't do that. Don't talk about dates or seasons. We've talked about this before. Today we saw fall 2018, unnecessary specificity. Don't say the word unique for God's sakes. We also saw my job was use I and then a verb, just not necessarily the word work. Um, we also saw a ton of capitalizations, which I guess we can now start calling Trump Trumpian. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what that dude does. I don't know why he just randomly Trumpism capitalizes yeah. great in the middle of a sentence. And it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was that one thing he said? Kofife or something? <laughs> I don't remember. Anyways, so if, if we saw capitalizing um, international medical graduate, we saw capitalize someone capitalized law school, and of course LSAC kindly capitalized score release. Yeah, you know, let's presume. Okay, listen, the first word of a sentence needs to be capitalized. A name sure. of a person needs to be capitalized. The name of a of a city would need to be capitalized. Yep. Um, other than that. Let's just go ahead and presume that we're not going to capitalize anything. And it's on no, you to tell me why you're capitalizing something. Yeah. Right? Like the presumption is if it's in the middle of a sentence and it's not a name of a person, don't. Just don't. Yep. Uh, otherwise, explain to me why you are capitalizing it. It probably doesn't need to be capitalized. Okay. All right. Yeah. The most common violations are job titles. That's where people think, oh, I need to capitalize it for some odd reason. Nope. Yeah. Right. Um, last thing is, uh, well, this kind of goes along with cut, 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 but we're putting a hard cap on sentences, 25 words. If it's over 25 words, you better have a damn fucking good reason yeah. why. I can't put it stronger than I that. I don't see why. <laughs> I don't see why. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, you can be LSAT famous. Get on an upcoming show by emailing help at thinkinglsat.com. If you have questions about the LSAT demon, you can email the best customer service team in the world at help at lsatdemon.com. That was episode 317 of the Thinking LSAT podcast. Thanks all y'all for listening. Nice knowing you. Don't pay for law school. Yeah.